Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on Watching Your Wealth, how to retire abroad. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. David Siegel is the chief executive of Investopedia, and he's here to tell us how to retire abroad. Welcome, David. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you. So, David, when you're thinking about retiring abroad, either you know immediately or down the road, you need to figure out which country to go to. And so I'm wondering, what have you heard in terms of the popular destinations people check out? Sure. So the ultra-high net worth and, and high net worth have access to countries and opportunities that the average person simply doesn't have access to. Indeed. They have access to be able to almost buy their way into permanent visas, and there's, there's almost, in certain ways, institutionalized bribery and in, 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 in to be able to get access to incredible countries and have permanent residency there and purchase property. So the four countries that, that are the most interesting to the high net worth these days are New Zealand, Monaco, Cayman Islands, and Singapore. Wow, interesting places. Um, all sound like great places. Tell us, you know, how do you figure out what you need if you're going abroad? You know, do you need a, what visas or property laws or what are some of the things you need to consider? Yeah, sure. So every country is different. Let's take New Zealand, for example. So in New Zealand, you have to be at least 66 years old. You actually have to be willing to invest at least $500,000 in the country, either buying bonds or buying real estate. You have to have a minimum of a few hundred thousand dollars in, 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 in one's bank account, and then and only then will you be able to buy property. Um, Monaco is a lot more lenient. Hmm. Monaco, it's amazing. Um, over 60% of the population of Monaco are actually expats. Really? I had no idea. Yep. In fact, Monaco has the highest percentage of ultra-high net worth individuals and from an indexing perspective, anywhere else in the world. It's about five times the, the indexing of the United States. Very interesting. Very cool. So tell us, if you're thinking about getting serious about moving abroad, what do you need to think about when it comes to health care, for example? Sure. So health care, I think anywhere you go, you're going to want to get private health insurance. Mm-hmm. There, there are first world, first-class services in all those four countries, um, but inevitably, it's important to get private health insurance. You're not going to actually be able to pay with your private health insurance. You're going to end up paying in cash, and then you'll get reimbursement with the insurance. If you enjoy filling on lots of forms, um, then it's a great situation for you because there will be, unfortunately, plenty of forms to have to fill out. Oh, man. But you want to get private insurance. Mm. And what security about, is another issue. Yeah, I, what, I was going to say, what about security? Because I would think some places you want to be a little bit more cautious about. Absolutely. So uh, the best um, study I found around security is by the Institute for Economics and Peace. They have something called the Global Peace Index. And they rank every country in terms of safety around terrorism, security, etc., from 1 to 162. So, for example, Syria is 162. I don't, I, you, that, that would not be a place to retire in. <laughs> number one and number two are Iceland and Denmark. And like we talked about, New Zealand happens to be um, the fourth-ranked. Um, Singapore is the 24th ranked, and just to give you context, the U.S. is actually 94th ranked. So really, more likely than yeah, wow, I'm more so likely than not. Huh. Well, there, you know, there's there's 
quite a few cases of theft in the U.S. I and, see. And cities, there are greater so, so, cases of murder, et cetera. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess the bigger the country, too. What about um, banking and taxes and all that fun stuff? Oh, gosh, who doesn't love taxes? <laughs> especially <laughs> season right now. So we'll talk about taxes first. Um, there are some onerous um, tax forms that one has to fill out. One's called the FinCEN Form 114. Nothing's called the F-bar. It's not a coincidence that they both start with the letter F. I would <laughs> <say>. um, <laughs> anyone with over $10,000 in assets um, starting in 2014 has to fill out these forms. Um, you have to fill out other forms. If you own property in foreign countries, you have to fill out even more forms if those properties are in LLCs. There's a lot of forms you have to fill out. The good news is, is that if you're a high net worth individual and you have the money to um, go to the, some of these countries, then likely you're not going to be filling the forms out yourself, and that's what accountants are for. And you'll pay, pay the accountant a couple extra hundred dollars to fill these forms out, and you'll be good as gold. Right, indeed. You probably have an entire staff working for you if you're in this sort of position and that kind of uh, ability to buy into a country, so to speak. I'm wondering, the, the whole thing with the Panama Papers, do you think this is going to put increased scrutiny on people who are thinking about doing this? It absolutely will. Yeah. Um, the, the backlash from the Panama Papers has been fascinating. Um, the, the number of, of people who are calling for governments and, and, and greater levels of disclosure, disclosure um, it's only going to be increasing. I think this is the, the, a tipping point, in fact. Um, in terms of opening up bank accounts, um, it's actually not that complicated. Most American major banks have local branches, um, in all these different countries, go into a local branch, you likely will have to have a higher minimum deposit mm-hmm. in those local branches than you would in a U.S. bank. And you would think that all these banks actually want wealthy U.S. citizens' money. In reality, there's actually a disincentive for these banks to have U.S. citizens' money. Because so much of the regulatory issues that they have to deal with because of that, I'm sure, plays a big part. You nailed it, Veronica. Exactly. Um, the, the U.S. passed a law in 2010 called the FATCA, mm-hmm. which is the Foreign Accounts Com- Tax Compliance Act, where there's significantly more just administrative burden for um, banks to have to fill out, specifically around U.S. citizens that have over $50,000 in assets in the bank. And it's just uh, a pain for many countries. And there's a particular backlash, actually, in both Switzerland and the U.K. and in Canada, I may add. Um, due to all this additional regulation. Indeed. David, we've got about 20 seconds left. Any last tips for people who are thinking about retiring abroad? Sure. Number one is look at currency fluctuations. Don't assume that just because the currency happens to be the exchange rate today, that's going to be that in four or five years. It's very favorable for us for the most part right now relative to most of the world. It's not going to stay that way. Um, The second is we actually see quite a few people interested in in learning how to renounce their citizenship. They think that they can save on taxes, the U.S. citizenship. You can't. Hmm. If you want to renounce your citizenship, you still have to be subject to taxes for the next 10 years. So don't bother. Great points. Thank you so much, David. I'm wondering if you'd stick around and take our financial version of the Prowse questionnaire. Sounds like fun. All right, great. You stay with us, too. Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and WSJ.com slash podcasts. You want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Now it's time for Investopedia's David Siegel to take our financial version of the Proust. David, you ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, David, what's the best financial advice you ever received? 
Best financial advice, maximize your 401k every year. They say money doesn't grow on trees. It does because company matches are free money. That's true. Worst financial advice. Investing in your, comp- in, in your company in your company's 401k plan. I invested in DoubleClick stock. Uh, when I worked at DoubleClick, stock and company tanked, mm. lost 70% of my 401k. Not a good thing. Ouch. Fill in the blank. <laughs> money can buy... Money can buy even more happiness with the only caveat that you actually have to be happy first without money. (laughs) That's very true. Money can't buy. Money can't buy effective parenting. Really (laughs) hard to be a great parent if you're particularly affluent. Very true. And if you won a million dollars, what would you do with it? Well, based on the fact that I have a 14-year-old, 11-year-old, and 8-year-old, and and college is going to cost me (laughs) a four-year private school about a million dollars, I think I'll be saving for college, and maybe I'll have enough money to visit them with gas money left over. I hope so. I hope so. Great fun. Thanks for joining us, David. Sure. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. This message comes from Viking committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.